Stafford. Going to the end zone, reaching up and making the grab. Odell Beckham Jr. Stafford buys time. Protection is good. And so is the pass. Henderson came out of the backfield. Jefferson in motion. Henderson, nice cutback. Stafford rolling and throwing. Caught, caught, touchdown. Stafford caught on the run. Caught, who else? Out of the slot to the right, looks that way, fires that way, but makes the grab at about the 18 yard line. Pass, caught, got it, touchdown. Burrow trying to keep it going, gets spun down, gets it away, and incomplete. It looked like P. Ryan might have had a shot to make the grab, but the Rams now. Running down to celebrate with a defensive play. Guess who? Guess of course. Who? I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Do not even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger. Hey guys, and welcome to another East Coast Rams podcast. I am your co-host Ashton with my awesome co-host here, Zach. How are you doing, Zach? Uh, happy hey, Super dude. Bowl. Yeah, happy end of Super Bowl, finishing the 2022 season. Uh, everything's going pretty good. Uh, finally getting into some rest and relaxation and not having to, you know, consistently worry about, you know, each and every week's football games. How are you? Yes, the season of uh, disappointment. Uh, uh, for lack of a better term, has ended. Somehow we weren't the last team in the league, crazy enough. Uh, But just really rough season to go through after seeing them win the Super Bowl. A lot of injuries. I'm hoping we can get healthy. I I just hope we can uh, bounce back. Now we had a lot of coaching turnover. We'll go into breaking news, or like in the last few hours, breaking news here in a few seconds. Uh, but you know, Zach, doing good. I'm looking forward to the draft, the highest Rams pick since golf. I mean, if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what would. I mean, I can't wait to see what wide receiver running back they're going to pick next. I don't even want to talk about it when they have, you know, kind of other fish to fry. I mean, maybe a running back, maybe. Um, but you know, I'm really not looking forward to them picking up another wide receiver. Hopefully they learn their lesson. Um, and you know, maybe we'll look at, um, you know, you know, an edge rusher or, you know, I mean, there, there's maybe a tight end receiver. If we take that, I would be very, very up for, and that's why I'm <clears throat> from Tennessee. So that's the only wide receiver. I'd be very excited for us to take in the second round. Okay, okay. But we will get to that a little bit later. Uh, Zach, you want to tell people the exciting news? Uh, Not for us, but for the Panthers? Yeah, so uh, it was just, you know, we're recording this Friday night. Uh, Obviously, news tends to break Friday for, you know, whatever weird reason. Uh, So we get to actually break the news that the Panthers are going to be hiring uh, Rams – 
Rams, former Ram now, Thomas Brown, as their offensive coordinator. Uh, Thomas Brown has been around with the Rams for quite a while now. Um, uh, he was this year, he was the assistant coach. Um, and the assistant coach, and uh, what was his other title? He was he, he eventually went tight ends and then he went back to running backs, and that's kind of when um, he oversaw more of the running backs, I guess, towards the end of the season. And that's kind of when Cam Akers started to, you know, see his trajectory go up. And um, I've been a big fan of Thomas Brown, I, I felt like he was one of those good minds with Sean McVay, he was about to, he was able to lean on him and things like that. Um, you know, if Ram, if, if the Rams were one of those teams who, um, tended to fill their offensive and defensive coordinator positions from within, uh, I think Thomas Brown would have been an excellent choice to put as an offensive coordinator with the Rams. That's not really how the Rams work. Um, Sean McVay really likes someone who can really challenge him and not someone who can stay is complacent. Um, and so I really think that's kind of the reason why, uh, Thomas Brown wasn't actually, uh, you know, really considered for that uh, offensive coordinator position and how, why he hasn't been previously as well. And more, uh, more given the title of a, a, a assistant head coach um, and given responsibilities within, whether it's tight ends or running backs, things like that. Um, details aren't finalized yet, but uh, it's been, it's pretty well known that, you know, Brown will be moving to the Panthers. Um so yeah, what are your thoughts about the matter? Uh, I think that coaching staff over in Carolina is looking very promising. Um, I thought Reich did a solid job in Indy. Uh, he has a winning record. Was it great consistently? No, but they were good consistently, and they had a bad down year. Kind of weird way to throw out your coach when you didn't give them a lot of pieces to work with. You weren't ready to commit to a QB. Um, now, I don't know how much of that is Wright's fault and how much of that is the owner or the GM. Uh, it's Indy's been very weird. Uh, or not, yeah, Indy has been very weird. So I like Carolina hiring Reich. I like his picks for OC and DC. I think fabulous picks. The Panthers have a lot of great quality players, especially on defense that are young. Uh, we talked about Burns earlier this year uh, or last year. So I think Carolina can hit the ground running as long as they get their QB. And there's a few QBs on the market, Zach, uh, that Carolina could go after uh, that could give Thomas Brown a lot to work with. I, I don't disagree with you. The only, the only problem is, and this has been brought up on several other, you know, podcasts that we, that I've listened to, and maybe you've listened to too is, and, and again, I'm from Indy. So I've, again, I have a lot of, you know, ears on the ground when it comes to how people feel about uh, Frank Reich and the Indianapolis uh, Colts organization and things like that. And you know what Frank Reich in his tenure year, he, he only really had veteran quarterbacks um, you know, they were, they were in for oh, a season, maybe a little bit longer than that. And that was it. Um, this has been this rotating, rotating door and, you know, can Frank Reich along with Thomas Brown, get this offensive moving with either a draft pick, uh, quarterback, or are they going to pick up someone like Carr? And is that actually going to be a successful move? I mean, obviously I think Carr has a lot of potential, but you know, really in the spots that he's been put in, 
they haven't shown with the Raiders. They, it just hasn't been proven. And, you know, I could see this, you know, if they pick up a car or something like that, is this going to be another Indianapolis Colts Wentz um, or uh, Matt Ryan or, you know, Philip Rivers was the only good quarterback that they had in this kind of cycling of quarterbacks. So, you know, I'm kind of hesitant on that. I, I think Thomas Brown is going to be great at this position. My concern is, you know, who are they going to pick up and how are they going to do it? Is this going to be, like I said, is this going to be the Frank Reich of the Colts with the rotating quarterback situation? Or are they actually going to develop and grow and have a successful quarterback, you know, long-term? So Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see, uh, Zach, uh, what direction they go there. I think it's a good hire, though, nevertheless, uh, and we'll see how uh, they do. Uh, Zach, uh, let's talk about Jalen, or well, first off, before we talk about Jalen Ramsey and whether he's getting cut or whatever stupidness people are wanting gossip about, a quick Super Bowl reaction from me and Zach. Zach, uh, your reaction to the Chiefs winning their second ring in uh, five years. For sure. And it, it was definitely the Eagles to lose. I mean, they had everything going. They had the momentum. They had the they had the points. Uh, but it was their own stupidity. Or, I mean, really, it was fumble. their own stupidity that, that caused their defeat. It, it wasn't just the fumble. If it was just the fumble, fine. But they gave up 21 points that should not have been given up as easy as it was. Seven points was for that fumble recovery touchdown by the defense of the Chiefs. Very good on the Chiefs move for doing that. Very smart. The other two were wide open touchdowns. No one was covering them in the red zone. And that is unacceptable. One of them, sure, maybe you could give it to them. It was a tricky play. Great. But they did the exact same play just on the reverse side. Unacceptable. The the Eagles defense should have been better than this. They are better than this, and they completely, they completely depleted any good chance of winning that Super Bowl. And for what? And I'm on the, the I'm on the thing about the you know was that a holding call? Was it not? It was a hold. Should they have called it? Yes or no? no. Ticky tack play with you know stuff with, with with true trueness on the line like it did affect the outcome of this game, except that there was three instances where the Eagles blew it. Two of them by the defense with wide open within 10 yards, red zone play touchdowns. And then obviously you have the, the, the fumbled um, play for the touchdown. So 21 points were, were done as a mistake. And, you know, it, it was the Eagles to lose the chiefs as I've never said that they were a rebuilding year. I thought they were going to have tougher competition. And I think they did. I think we saw that they did have a lot of tougher competition, but in the end, this wasn't the refs complete fault for losing the game. It truly, I truly think that it was the Eagles who lost it for themselves. I mean, based on my reason. So let's, let's be fair to the Chiefs or not be fair. Honestly, the Chiefs got a bye, which good on them for getting a bye. And then they faced the Jaguars in the second round. And the Jaguars, let's be face it, are still rebuilding team. They're missing pieces. Uh 
now they had a hard AFC championship. I'll give them credit for winning that game. And this was a hard-fought Super Bowl, really good game. It just sucks because, yes, that was a hold. And even if the DB wouldn't admitted to it, uh, I would have said that was a hold anyways. The problem is there wasn't a single holding call up to that point. And there was very clearly holds on by both teams. And that's my problem with the refs. They are not consistent throughout the same game. I, in a perfect world, I would like them to follow the rules, be consistent throughout every game and uh, within the games themselves. All I'm asking for is at minimum, be consistent within that game. Call both teams fairly if you're calling ticky-tack holds, then call ticky-tack holds for both teams. Or if you're not calling anything, do that for both teams. Uh, like, I feel like the NFL needs more clearer regulations if they're going to keep on having these issues. Because no matter what Roger Goodell says, people are actively complaining about the refs, and they should be. They have been atrocious some of these games. And I don't say that about every game. I thought the championship games, uh, the rest were pretty solid. And uh, now uh, one game ended up being a blowout. But nevertheless, like, you got to do something about this. I don't think it was valid to call that holding. Um, it costed the Eagles. Uh, they would have got the ball back. Doesn't mean they win. But it definitely means they get a chance with the ball in uh, Hurt's hand. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, they, they made they, mistakes. Uh, they, that's part of the Super Bowl is capitalizing on the other team's mistakes and minimizing your own. And Kansas City was better at that. I'm a little salty because I was wrong yet again about who was going to win the Super Bowl. I'm now 2-15. So, uh, yeah, Zach, uh, I'll look forward to being wrong next year. I had a pretty good playoff, so I was pretty <laughs> spot on with who was going to win each game uh, playoffs-wise outside of the Super Bowl. So I was better playoffs-wise. Yeah, and a lot of people – yeah. Um, a lot of people are comparing this to the Super Bowl oh last year with the Bengals and the Rams. And again, you know, the difference is that it was a hold call. Um, I still blame – that was a hold on um, – or a pass interference, whatever you want to call it, whatever it was called on uh, Cooper Cup. The one thing, I, and I said this last year, and I'll say it again. If you're going to hold, make sure you match the gloves to the uniforms that are being worn. Don't wear orange gloves against someone who's wearing white uniforms. You're going to get, that's going to get called every time because that is super obvious. So I blame, um, I blame that first. Second off, Let's just also remember that the Bengals did have an opportunity to go down and score a touchdown after that. They had like a minute and 40 seconds to go down and with all three timeouts to go down and score a touchdown. And they couldn't accomplish that because Aaron Donald's a beast. They so, just needed a field goal to tie it. Yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't do that. They were, they were just, they were either at the half yard, uh, uh, 50 yard line or just over the 50 yard line. They couldn't do anything. Game was over. They had a chance. They lost. Let's move on. Um, this one, yes, I agree that, you know, they only had four seconds at the end of that because of that. And again, yes, 
even in the Super Bowl, they weren't really calling a whole lot of ticky tack holding plays until the last point. I get that side of it. I, you know, going they back didn't and call a single it. holding call before that one for for the Bengals and the Rams Super Bowl. Oh, for the Bengals, uh, that one again was more of a they didn't they didn't do different uh, game right like. The Bengals literally got a free touchdown. Would they if did. you're asking me, would you rather get a free touchdown play off of a penalty not called or a penalty and you swap that for both teams? I would take the non-called penalty to get a TD any day. And it just kills me because you did not see the Eagles get a free touchdown and then get a play called against them. That isn't what happened. Like the Eagles really kept on getting plays called against them the entire game. Uh, now some of them were valid, some of them weren't. Uh, but overall, like they were way more judged highly than the Chiefs doing. And Chiefs were doing a lot of holding on the uh, O line, but you know they don't really call O line holding in the Super Bowl. In our case, uh, it was pretty. F- I would say consistently fair in the first half of our Super Bowl. And then in the second half, they let the Bengals get away with a lot until our final drive. And like Bengals fans can cry about that all they want. They got free uh, touchdown. Uh, If you can't win with getting a free seven points, then I don't think you deserve to win. And you had a chance to go down and win the game anyways after that series of events and you still want to whine it's like yeah it's like the whole saints argument they had two times two times after that holding call to go down the field and win and they didn't either time like i get the argument that it sucks in the moment it does i think this is more of a worse situation for the eagles than either of those two teams because both of those teams got opportunities afterwards to win the game after the holding call was called against them that is or not called that was not the case with the eagles they did not get a chance at all to play because of that call and i think that's a situation that looks bad on the league uh you the other team should get an opportunity uh, to, with the ball in their hands to do something uh, outside of uh, like flags being thrown, if that's the case, because they would have stopped them. Especially since it wasn't an egregious penalty. Obviously, no, if it, was a it wasn't foul, like he full body tackled him. Right. I mean, we're talking about little ticky tack, you know, barely grabbing him. Uh, I mean, even even that one. I mean, if you go back and even watch the the one against Cooper Cup and the Bengals, like that guy literally, you could see him pull back and like pull him, like pull himself forward to to hit the ball out of his hands or to to block the ball. So it was a more egregious. The the Bengals Rambles one was more egregious than what we saw in the Eagles Chiefs game. It was more egregious. I don't think either of them should have been called, and the uh, flag against Ramsey should have been called. Like that's, I think that cancels out in the Bengal Rams game and the Eagles don't get anything cancel out. They didn't get any benefit. They didn't get any flag. I know uh, Chiefs fans will kind of whine about like, oh, they called back the second fumble touchdown. Uh, Yeah, because that wasn't a fumble. Like he didn't catch it. Mm -hmm. 
That's the rules of the game. That's how it's supposed to be done. Uh, and people are just kind of, I just wish the refs would be more cleaner. And you think VAR or like assistant video referees would help make this process cleaner. And the NFL refuses to do uh, any oversight on the ground, like the refs on the ground. The problem with those ones was that it was a holding call. So, you know, whether they flew the, I mean, even if they didn't, or even if they threw the flag, I mean, they weren't going to pull it back because it was a holding call. So, I mean, it's going to help. They shouldn't have thrown the flag. They shouldn't have. But at the same time, they did, and in that case, they couldn't pull. They couldn't pull that back because it was a holding call, whether it was a ticky tack holding call or not. It was still technically holding by the book, and you know you really can't over. You can't just. They're not going to pull the flag back, saying, "Oh no, it wasn't holding," when it clearly was holding. They can't do that, or that's really. Bad. They've done it before. They've done that well, before. They, they they shouldn't do that. Obviously, ticky tack. <laughs> They've done that. Yeah, but they they shouldn't. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like if it is an if it is an egregious, I mean, if it is actually a flag, then they shouldn't be able to pick it up. Um, unless sometimes it the refs don't even wasn't. know their own rules. Uh, case in point, whenever the Rams had that double punt last year, uh, where the guy double punted and he was clearly past the line of scrimmage. It's like they sometimes well, that is that I is an instance that is an instance where they should be able to say yes, that was a. You can't do that. Someone should be able to say that. I'm 100% agreeing with you on that part. Someone that should say, yep, we need to flag that because that was bad. Um, uh, we can summarize this whole segment as saying the refs are stupid. <laughs> yeah, the let's refs are let's move on because we're just, we're just now fighting amongst ourselves about stupid ticky tack stuff. Um, let's move on to something fun that, you know, again, we're not, we're not going to have any great opinions on this one. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has been in the spotlight over the last couple of weeks. Uh, mostly because he's probably one of the only um, he's one of the only players within the Rams organization who is a high profile person who is just a spicy take on where where he's going to end up next that he is leaving the Rams and um, things like that. So we have been there have been talks over the last several weeks about him being traded, um, and uh, just this week um, we had someone who should be fired from their job for even suggesting that the Rams should cut Jalen Ramsey. What are your thoughts, Ashton, about cutting Jalen Ramsey from the LA Rams? (laughs) I mean, I I guess he wants to call himself a journalist for just making stuff up. Like that's like what's going to happen next. Like, uh, is Jalen Hurts going to get cut from the Eagles? Why aren't we talking about that? Or uh, why is Patrick Mahomes not going to get cut, Zach? Can can you tell me uh, why wouldn't he get cut? Uh, it's yeah, so, just... so, so this was actually – so I have the actual person. It was via Brad Gagnon, Gagnon with the gridiron. Um, Let's get serious, though, um, uh, outside of cutting – Trading Ramsey, I think, is something that will happen. Uh, not this, maybe not this offseason. It's going to happen in the next three or four years. I want fans to get prepared for that. Um, now, what I would do versus what, you know, our GM would do, Sneed, those are going to be different things, right? Um, 
personally, I think we should keep him until we lose uh, until we lose our core. When we lose Aaron Donald and we lose Stafford, that's when I think we should trade him, get some value back, and then um, rebuild from there. Now, I understand the argument that he's not going to have a higher value than this offseason realistically maybe next year but this year he's gonna at the he's gonna be at peak uh value i think you could definitely get two 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 first rounders for him right now and like a second rounder if not three first rounders if it gets into bidding more again guys before you start raging i'm not saying that's gonna happen that's not I'm not saying that's what I want to happen. I'm just saying if Les Need says, you know, we'll listen to offers. If we got like Zach, what would it take if you're the GM of the Rams? Uh and let's say oh, you I... are open the dealing Ramsey uh this offseason. What would it take for you to give up Ramsey this offseason? I mean, if they take on his contract on top of. Um, they they would have to take on his contract. I think that so, would be non-negotiable. So right. you would so, have to take so, away pick for that. So so doing that, I, I would say, I say you would, it's going to be two picks. I think he's worth a first, but I think he's worth a first and maybe a second or first and third. Um, not saying, to me, I think he's worth more than that. I think for less need to, to be open money. to anything. It's gonna be it's gonna be the it's gonna be the money and it's gonna be the the first and third uh, or first and second. I don't think I don't think it's gonna go two firsts. I don't think anyone is going to call for two firsts. Um, I think everyone thinks he is a very talented uh, running back or cornerback, but I don't think people really understand how good he is. And people have been dogging him all year, even though he still is the top three cornerback in the league. And everyone um, wants him now. <laughs> but now, and everyone wants him. Like it's it's ridiculous. Um, I do want to bring up a quote. Uh, oh, so going back to this this tweet that happened. It comes from Kevin Demoff, by the way. Yeah, yeah. The, the quote that I'm going to read is from Demoff. But I, I do want to just say, like, I love the players getting – I really love Twitter for the fact that we can actually hear from the players directly. I feel a lot of times we're kind of – like, there's like before Twitter and before these, these uh, NFL players got really uh, active in social media, there's always this veil. Like, we don't know what these players are thinking but we get an insight now through social media. And uh, apparently um, Jalen Ramsley's official tweet was a bunch of, you know, laughing face emojis. And I can promise you promise in all caps. I won't get cut dot, dot, dot now traded question mark. Maybe Um, he then did go in and and change it afterward and kind of cut that, cut that maybe part out. Um, But it's, it's, it's great to see that he's, He's following along. You, if you, if you're a Rams fan, you can kind of get his personality and kind of know, like, you know, people don't know him. Um, you know, they're not part of his inner circle. These people are all just guessing. Um, I don't know if you watch, and I, again, I'm, I'm going off topic slightly, but on topic. Um, I don't know if you watched the Pat McAfee show this week, but um, uh, Aaron Rodgers was on, and you know, whatever you think about Aaron Rodgers, one of the fun, funny things that he said about it, uh, about things, was like. You know, um, all these people who are reporting, uh, Scheffner and, um, you know, all all these other, all these people, like they're reporting things that they say they have sources, but some of these, like, so a lot of these players, like 
they don't have the sources aren't accurate. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said, you know, my inner circle doesn't talk to these people. Like if you are in my inner circle, you, you, you don't talk to all these people. So whoever their sources are is not accurate. Um, and so I think some of these cases, that's how most of these, a lot of these things are clickbait. Um, if someone was like, oh yeah, what if he, what if he got cut? You know, what, you know, what teams and teams are Patriots, Raiders, Lions, Seahawks, um, he's not going to get Bengals. cut. So, so yeah, he's not um, going to get cut, but okay. So I'll, I'll read the quote. So I'll move on. I'll read the quote. Um, and I, and I think this quote is also getting mis misinterpreted, um, especially if you go back and rewatch the video. But uh, so Demoff said, I think anytime you go from Super Bowl champions to a disappointing year, everyone's always wondering what's next. For us, it's getting our players healthy. It's getting back to playing at their caliber. Jalen's been a huge piece of what we've done. And I think for all of our players, it's good to be about figuring out what's best moving forward. I will let you give your initial reaction to that. Um, again, I think it all comes down to uh, what people are willing to offer. And if they're not willing to offer like the bare minimum of what the Rams would want, they're going to keep Ramsey. Like there's no reason to get rid of Ramsey because of cap, just because we do have players that we could restructure that we could extend. Um, combination of both the rams can make the money up uh i think they're gonna want to make a good amount up to make other moves to be competitive next year um now i do think that's going to be getting rid of existing franchise players um uh, ramsey could be one if a team is willing to offer good enough package i think the lions could be a team like that if they offer the six overall pick yes used to be ours uh, offer us that pick a second pick and like a first next year i think that could be potentially be enough to take on his cap and take ramsey uh and give the rams some capital kind of rebuild uh, a little bit in different areas is that what i would do no i think he's better used to keep him for a year and then get a little bit more diminished returns next year for him after we start rebuilding. Cause I'm uh, Zach, are you still in the kind of mindset that uh, Stafford and AD are probably going to retire after next year? Uh, I would say Aaron Donald. I'm not hundred percent sure on Stafford. I think he may still have another year left him and cup have another year left and them trying to work on that defense. Um, you know, I could see the defense completely shifting after this, this season, uh, but I still think we still have the same core for this last season. We we then transition to okay, we we lose Aaron Donald. You know, we have to we have to think about Jalen Ramsey. Is he still going to be there or not? And if he is, great. If he's not, you know, we moving on. Um, I think we all need to start planning for this. We need to all start planning that defense is going to change after this year. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the offense could stay the same. I think that we could well. When I mean say the same, I think we still will have Cooper Cup, and I still think we have um, Matthew Stafford because this team is an LA team, and I've said this multiple times. They this team revolves around stars; it's the star power. Um, and right now, the Untouchables. There, I think we have we have the core four. 
you have Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. The untouchables right now are Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. And I think actually Matthew Stafford probably falls in that um, position this coming 2023 season. Jalen Ramsey does. I I think Jalen Ramsey falls out of the untouchable just because um, I think that he does bring value. I think if you try to trade Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald's not going for a one year somewhere else. I I doubt he's going to play that. I think he will always play at the same caliber, but again, it's, it's, I just, I see that weird. I think him retiring as a Ram makes perfect sense. He only wanted to do this for eight years and he's given it 10. So I really think that he's done after this year and we reformat the defense, keep the offense, you know, familiar so that then we can start working on, okay, now we need to, we're probably going to look at, you know, do we move on from, and I think after that point, after 2023 and maybe 2024, the untouchable now is I think Cooper cups now touch is, you know, he's no longer in that group anymore. They're going to have to, if we're we're starting to rebuild, uh, it makes no sense to keep, uh, (laughs) how, how old is Cooper cup? He would be what? 29 next year. Maybe, uh, I'll find out while you keep talking. Yeah, but either way, uh, regardless of his age, he's on the older side. And keeping him during a rebuilding like two or three years cycle doesn't make any sense. You're just wasting his prime. You can get picks back for him. I would love Cup to retire as a uh, Ram. I would love all, all of the great players that play with the Rams to retire, but that's not reality in the NFL. And if you want to stay adapting and if you don't want to get stale, you got to recoup some of that value with picks. And Cooper Cup is already 29. So you're looking at 31. He, he would be 30. Okay. And it just doesn't make any sense to put a 30 year old wide receiver through a rebuild. Not saying Cup wouldn't be useful. The opposite. I don't want to waste Cup here and like just have him sit until he's 33 when we have a good team again. Uh, but I don't think he's, just, I don't think he's going to be gone. I don't think they're going to dump everybody. And that's why I'm saying, I think this is going to be a slow, if we lose, if we go through 2023, I think that we potentially will, we in 2024, I think cup and Stafford could still be there. Aaron Donald, yes. Ramsey, not so much. And but then after, after that, 24, after I don't that, think, yes. I think Stafford will be retired. They're going to trade cup, uh, probably get a few first for cup or maybe one depending at his age and his production. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, but yeah. And assuming he at, doesn't, I mean, again, we never know how these players are. These players get, these players could also end their career early too. Um, you, you don't, you don't really know what the Cup could retire. These, he could. Um, but, you know, going back to kind of this Jalen quote from Demoff, I mean, and, and if I go back and read this, uh, hold on, let me find out the quote again. But like I, this only came up because they were he he was specifically asked about Jalen and about trading Jalen. You could have added anybody in here. You could say uh, Matthew has been a huge piece of what we've done, and I think for it's best for all players. Cooper has been a huge piece of what we've done, and I think for all of our players, it's going to be about figuring out what's best moving forward. I think you said about anybody. You put anybody in that. You to say, hey, do you think about trading Aaron Donald? Oh, Aaron's been a huge piece of what we've done. And I think it's best for all of us to sit down and kind of see what's best for everybody. Like I I hate overblown coverage. And you know, maybe uh, people yeah. think we're overblowing it's the coverage, G- but at the same time, it's GM COO talk and it's just yeah, it's GM it's, talk. 
and people just are just blowing it up. Obviously, they're going to hear calls. They're going to get calls. They want people to call in because they want they want people to feel like, oh yeah, we're, we're if everyone keeps calling us, we're hyping up this team a bit. And you know that that that's just my. Thought. We're the one team in the league that deals. We we are known as the dealers. It's gotten so bad, and Jordan Rodriguez did a great job of kind of reporting this. Teams will fake the Rams getting in into a bidding situation for trades just to raise up the price. And the Rams aren't even anywhere near it. And that's how bad it's gone. The Rams have been known to be trade partners um, for four players. I think that's going to start slowing down as the Rams readjust their model, seeing that the stock that teams have put in trades is a lot higher than when less needs started doing it kind of like, like pioneering the uh, trading for veteran players. Now everyone's trading for veteran players. That means the price, the market is a lot higher than it was once needs started doing it. Picks are worth less now than they were five years ago. So uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how Snead adjusts, and I, I really have a lot of faith in him. He's done a great job so far. Yep, I agree. Do you do you um, want to talk about the future, Zach? Yeah, um, let's see. So as, as kind of some future things I'm going to know, we, we are bringing some other coaches' changes. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring those up as we're talking kind of about the future and going into 2023. Uh, we do have a couple of other coaching changes uh, that came up. Um, Rams is hiring Nick Haley as the new tight ends coach. Um, so, so that's that was you know that was Thomas Brown's area, um, obviously for the first half of the 22, 22 session. Um, but you know now we're going to go uh, with Kaylee. Um, he was a from Patriots. the Patriots. Yeah. Yep, he's a Patriots uh, assistant coach, um, and then he actually interviewed with a lot of offensive coordinating spots uh, within uh, within the Patriots, Houston, and the Jets. Um, so he won't be an OC, but he will uh, be a tight ends coach, which could uh, be which could be <laughs> very good for the Rams. Um, whether they decide to continue on with Higby or they decide to move on from Higby, um, I think that position needs to be a little bit. Uh, more flushed out, given more opportunities, get get that position I, I, up. And... I definitely Go think Kigby is probably going to be one of the cut candidates. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's it, it's Our leaning more towards that way. Yeah, I yeah. think he's leaning more that direction. Um, so we'll 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 definitely see how that goes. But I I think bringing in bringing in Kaylee, I think could definitely help in that role. Like I said, whether or not he stays or if he goes, I think if he stays, I think they'll they'll figure out different ways to utilize Higby, um, which I think could be very useful. Uh, sometimes, I, not saying that I don't feel like he was utilized enough because he was. I mean, he tended to get a lot of targets, um, but I think they they could do some you know maybe some different things that uh, could be more beneficial for him. Um, the other the other one that I'll note is that the Rams are bringing back um, Aubrey Pleasant as the DB's coach and passing game coordinator. Um, he was with the Rams uh, for from 2017 to 2020 as the quarter, the cornerbacks coach. Um, he actually followed McVay over from Washington. Um, and then he's, he's kind of done some other things. He was with the lions um, 
DBs and passing coordinator in 2021. And then um, he was fired. Uh, and then he went and finished in the 2022 campaign with the Packers. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Any thoughts about that? Uh, I mean, man, the Lions have not invested anything into their secondary outside of one, I think, first round pick like three years ago. Uh, I feel like their secondary has just been a lot of misses, a lot of people with injuries, a lot of turnover. So I don't know how much of that is really on him. It was kind of a rough situation to go into, let alone a rough situation to get fired from. Yeah. So I think he was kind of, uh, was it, uh, fall guy almost. Uh, they're, they're sticking with a <laughs> kneecap-biting Dan. So we'll, we'll see if he works out next year. Cause he's going to have to make the playoffs if he wants to keep his job for sure. Um, and then lastly, um, again, it was also kind of reported that the Rams will kind of finalize all of their, their coaching positions, uh, within the next week. Uh, one of the positions that we know is a hire, but we not really sure where they're going to be at is the Rams are hiring former Washington Huskies head coach, Jim Lake. Um, again, there is, um, there's really no known what he's going to be doing, uh, but knowing that he he was a defensive backs coach uh, with the Bucks and Lions, um, and that be, for a while before he before his tenure uh, in the college realm, so um, we'll kind of see see how things are going to go, um, but that's just another new new uh rams coach for sean McVay. yep i wish him well yes but the the rams are finally getting to finalize all their coaching staff especially after oh and then we didn't even really talk about raheem morris he will be back as the rams defensive coordinator uh since he did not get the indianapolis colts uh head coaching job i think we might have touched on that briefly earlier but uh to kind of round out our coaching updates. Uh, I am definitely happy he didn't leave because all the people wishing he was going to leave. You guys, if you would have got your wish, we would have lost like three or four more coaches. And on top of that, it's pretty slim pickings for DCs out there right now. Uh, There's almost no one left that I would have wanted. The two people I wanted to possibly replace Morris, which I think would have been upgrades, uh, both got jobs already before Morris got his second interview. So um, it sucks for him. I think he's deserving of one. It's going to put the Rams in an awkward position if McVay retires. I'm hoping McVay sticks it out another year. Um, but McVay retires, I would look for Morris to kind of be an in-house option. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go, honestly. It gives me vibes of the guy down in uh, New Orleans. Not saying Morris will be a bad head coach. He just won't be a great one, if that makes sense. (laughs) I think we'll just have to see how the future lays out. Um, Yeah. Well, we'll we could talk more about the future of of what Sean McVay's future looks like. I have some thoughts, but anyways, 
Um, yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit more about the future. Um, we have some, we obviously there's some free agents that were, that we don't think that are going to be on the Rams moving forward. Um, PFF <laughs> did have uh, a list of their top 100 free agents. Uh, only two Rams actually made that list. You might even be surprised um, of the two that are on the list or especially the one that's on the list. Um, but uh, it is our favorite safety, Taylor Rapp, coming in at 61. Um, and Ashawn Robinson coming in at 91. Um, so, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> uh, PFF's comments on... Uh... <laughs> On a rap are hilarious. Is it I uh, my fa I don't know if it's your favorite, but it says solid if unspectacular. Oh my god. <laughs> I I just love how they do say he's a polarizing figure for Rams fans, even though I don't really know of anyone in the fan base who really actively supports him. There's some people who will like I would say, like, I'm one of those people would be like, he's not terrible every game. He has his, like, he has his games where he does fine. Uh, but overall, like, I think as a whole, the entire fan base is like, he's terrible in coverage. He's awful in coverage. He's yeah. good in the box. Uh, he's not great in the box. He's like, a poor version of Jamal Adams. That's exactly what he is. He's a box safety, basically a pseudo linebacker that can come in, stuff the run and occasionally make a decent play. But it, it, when he's in coverage, he gets his assignments blown. He misses coverages and he just doesn't know how to communicate uh, with the cornerbacks very well. And uh, you constantly see him get blown past. Uh, you constantly see him get jumped over. And just like, he is not a good safety in this league. Uh, and yeah, I mean, just, like, like you said, he's a, he's a good nuts. safety for kind of kind of stuffing the run. But that's, that's about it. He's made some decent plays. He, he, he's gotten lucky a few times with a few interceptions. Um, and, you know, you know. I, I thought I had some hope for him early on in his career. Um, but it's just, you know, again, like you, if you go read through all the comments, it's just like, you know, he, he plays okay, but he, it just never seems like he's great at any one thing. Um, except, you know, maybe stuffing the run. Uh, but it, it is, but he doesn't is. play. Okay. Like his good games are him playing. Okay. The rest of his games are just him looking lost. Yeah. Hey, it's notable when he does make a good play. Right. Hey, and that's that's bad. I'm surprised when I see him make a good play in coverage. And I'm not just talking about like interceptions. Uh I'm talking about just being able to track a wide receiver, uh being able to make sure you're covering your zone correctly. And it's like he he misses tackles constantly when he's on the second level. Uh, for some reason, he's really good at tackling when he's in the box, but outside of the box, he can't tackle. He's very weird when it comes to his tackling, uh, at least what I see. Uh, if you have a different experience watching him, Zach, please uh, put that out there. But that's kind of like how I take him as a free agent. 
I, I agree. I mean, it's definitely something that I don't think the Rams are going to want to want. Um, you know, PFF, um, or at least I think they're projecting him worth uh, 24 million going to another team. Good luck with that <laughs> team. I just, the Rams don't have the capital to keep him. Um, you know, so all the best to him. That's and, eight and, mil a year. He's not worth eight mil, man. That is no. So, you know, good, good, good for him. Um, Ashawn Robinson, he's one of those players that, you know, I actually, I do like, I think he, he has played well with the Rams. Um, his, his, uh, potential contract would be way smaller. Um, it's noted 2.5 with a 1.5 million guaranteed. Um, obviously that's something I think that's more reasonable for the Rams, especially with their tight cap situation. Um, so, you know, we could potentially see him for at least one more season. Uh, but again, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, 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 what are we trying to do? Are we trying to win one more championship? Then maybe, yes, we want to keep him on. Um, but if we're also looking toward the future as well, where, you know, we have to figure out who we're keeping more long-term, um, you know, if we do start losing Jalen Ramsey and we start losing Aaron Donald and, and things like that, I think we're going to have to, you know, fill in those other spots. Um, so I take it as that. Any, any comments about Ashad Robinson? I mean, he is a solid to good player on the D line. Uh, not very good at playing pressure, but really good at stopping the run. Um, his problem is he never played up to his contract. He was not worth the money we paid him. Um, I'm just going to be frank about that. At that price tag, uh, what, 3.5 for a year? I would more like to sign him around 2 mil. Uh, like a mail guaranteed a mail a year. I, I think he's going to go more three. I'm not against three. Uh, it's more what he's worth a solid run stopping D lineman who is above average. Uh, definitely helps in the rotation. Uh, but I think he's someone you could, if you have a really good pick in the draft, you could replace him. Um, he's a harder player to replace. I'm not saying he's like terrible or average. He's not rap. Right, he's not rap on the D line. He is a contributor. We just have to find someone in the draft to replace him if we can't afford to pick up him for three mil. Yep. Um, and then the last piece that I think we'll bring up this week is um, uh, another inquiry, kind of almost. I mean, if you're a Cardinals fan, I think you this would be just as the same as you know maybe the Jalen Ramsey, probably not as bad because I think uh, uh, D Hopkins. Yeah, D. Hopkins, I think, might even be a free agent. I'd have to double check that. But um, he's not. He oh, has he's not. two so, years on his contract. So the the Ram, it would be that the Rams would be trading to get D. Hop, um, which is just interesting. A lot of people think that they would just trade one for one for Jalen and uh, D. No. Hop, and then they would face We're off each other. We're not trading opposite. Ramsey in division. Uh, well, for sure, Ramsey. Ramsey is a young corner still in his prime d hop is on the tail end of his career i still think d hop would be worth getting but i don't think the cardinals are going to trade in division uh they would be stupid not to trade them for ramsey but they, they're not going to do that and we're not going to do that i think a more realistic player for us to pick up if you're looking for an older wide receiver that is still great is keenan allen because the Chargers are kind of in a really bad cap situation, and they're going to have to cut someone good, Zach. Uh, 
they're definitely going to have to get rid or trade someone good. And I think that could be a potential option. Keenan Allen with Cooper Cup, Cup, Zach, like that would be a nasty duo. And then if you get OBJ on a solid deal, OBJ, Keenan Allen, and Cooper Cup, that's the best trio in the NFL pretty easily. So would you be surprised if Keenan Allen was the exact same age as DeAndre Hopkins? Well, I mean, I'm saying he is more likely to get moved on and move to a NFC team versus within division, yeah. right? Like, it in division trades are very, very, very rare, especially if a player of that caliber and his <laughs> cap hit. And I think Keenan Allen just would be more manageable trade than the Chargers had to clear cap space, and he's getting a little bit older. So, like... Zach, would you trade a third to get Keenan Allen? A third? Yeah, sure. A second? Maybe. Maybe. That's a, that's always a little tougher. Tough. Once I you, think it would be to... worth it. Just just the idea of thinking about Keenan Allen and Cooper Cup on the same field. Now, if we didn't have Cup, we had all our wide receivers outside of Cup, I wouldn't want to do it for a second. But the fact that we have Cup and his route running skills and you mix that with the threat of Allen on the same field, man, that's going to drive DBs nuts. Uh, just both of them cutting and destroying ankles. Uh, that ankle doctor in whatever city they're in is going to have to be on the lookout because there's going to be a lot of broken ankles when those two, if those two uh, got on the same field on the in the same jersey. But that's that's my more like realistic trade that's not going to happen, but the D Hop one's definitely not going to happen. Yeah, I will uh, eat crow if we get him, Zach. I will <laughs> eat crow, but I don't think we will. Um, and I think that is going to wrap it up for this uh, this news rundown that we just had. The only other real other topic was that the Rams have the 15th best odds to win. The next Super Bowl. So uh, that's where we're at currently. Uh, just coming off the last Super Bowl, which has not even been a week over. So uh, yeah, I go. will. I will take it. Good. All right. So next, we're going to move on to um, kind of our new favorite fun segment. Uh, what's your Ram story? Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, we went to Twitter and asked uh, I'll ask you all, uh, what's your what's your Ram story? Um, so whether you have been a fan all your life, newly added fan, fan weathered fan, original LA Rams fan, uh, St. Louis Rams fan, uh, or came into the new LA Rams, uh, we, we wanted to know and kind of share your story on the pod. Uh, so we went through a couple last week. Uh, so I thought we would do a couple more this week. Um, and then, you know, kind of continue this trend for the next few episodes and then we'll, we'll move on to a new fun segment and maybe add this one back every once in a while, but um, so the next one that I have is from at, uh, for Morrow, uh, and said, the answer is easy. Uh, when I was in the second grade, I liked a girl in the fourth grade. I asked her what her favorite color was. She said yellow. I replied mine too. And then asked her what her favorite football team. Was. She replied the Los Angeles Rams. I replied mine too. Uh, sounds like he didn't actually have a team. Yeah. Uh, wonder how that relationship, uh, went. Uh, 
some of these stories are just fun and it's it's very unique how we kind of all become rams fans uh you got any any thoughts about this one uh just smart man smart man going going after her heart with uh <laughs> asking the color and then the team uh uh kudos man props i mean in second grade man the first question you ask is what's your favorite color and the second question you ask is what's your favorite football team like man dude he um, had to figure it out in second grade apparently he, he knew the right he, he knew the right questions um all right so our second one comes from crystal morse at c morse 1101 married a rams fan uh his fam is from st louis and we lived there during grad school in 2020, uh, in 20, 2002, sorry. Uh, been a fan ever since and have raised three additional Rams fans. Well, that is awesome. Uh, I am raising Bro, four no. Rams. I can't, oh, there, four Rams fans right uh, now. Yeah. So uh, continuing to grow, I've not only converted a Colts fan to a Rams fan, but Ooh. I've added four more uh, through the, that same process. Um, my wife was a uh, college fan, so she didn't really have a pro team and I dragged her along. And after three years of uh, being with me during the NFC uh, divisional games, uh, she was yelling louder than me whenever uh, (laughs) Cooper cup caught that touchdown. So uh, a very similar story between uh, you and my wife kind of dragged her into this uh, fandom and she cares a lot about them now uh, more the like particular players mm-hmm. uh, but she gets into the game sometimes you know not as oh, much yeah. as me of course but for uh, sure a little bit for sure okay i'll read one more uh from rick ramsey um as a eight-year-old i became very interested in sports although i grew up in new jersey and was exposed to teams from new york and philadelphia I decided, however, to choose to root for teams in other cities. So the MVP when I was eight was Roman Gabriel. He stood tall in the pocket, had a good arm, and was very tough to sack. I loved the helmet and was completely sold. I recall reading the Guinness Book of World Records and saw that he had the record for most own fumbles recovered in one game. Four. The ridiculous record, in fact, that stuck in my head all those years. So it's just fun. These these are all that. I did not know that. And like these are all just really cool, unique stories. Um, and it, it's it's just fun to read. It's fun to communicate. It's fun to figure out how he, everyone's connected to this team that we all love. So um we still have a few more. If you guys want to submit more, uh submit your own story and for us to read them uh on the pod. Uh yep, send them our way. You can DM us. Uh, you can also find us on our Twitter account. Our Twitter account is down, down, down there uh, at East Coast Rams. Um, yep. Yeah, your caddy corner. I'm down. We're still figuring this out, people. Um, so yeah, so it, this is just cool. It's a cool segment. Uh, so you can either tweet us um, at East Coast Rams, uh, or you can send us an email at, uh, at feedback at eastcoastrams.com. Uh, some of the longer ones tend to go into that mailbox. So uh, like I said, it's it's fun to read and fun to do. Uh-huh. All right, Ashton, it's time for your quick five. Oh, yes. More. Yeah, we, we need like a theme song or something. 
Uh, yeah, quick five. Uh, my five quick kind of draft picks the Rams could pick up in this upcoming draft. Uh, guys, as I caveat every time, we are not experts at this. I will not promise that any of these guys will be uh, first-round draftable fantasy prospects. But I will do my best to give you uh, my kind of expertise on these people and my opinions on them. And it's just fun for me to talk about these guys. Uh, I'll start off first with the number one ranked or kind of consensus. Number one ranked running back from Texas is potentially a second round, probably late first round running back that could slide to the Rams. B. John Robinson from Texas. He was 10th in yards, getting uh, or six in yards, getting around 1,600 with 18 TDs with a really average kind of offensive line. Uh, Zach, I wasn't really sold on Bijan. I watched two games of Texas this or last year. Wasn't really sold on him. And then I started watching a little bit more tape because there's a lot of hype around Bijan. And, you know, I'll give people credit. He looks like he uh, has a lot of good values that will translate well in the NFL. He looks great in the passing game. Uh, And I think that's something that the Rams might be very attracted to. We haven't had that kind of Todd Gurley uh, wide receiver running back uh, kind of Swiss Army knife type. And if he falls to the Rams, uh, I would be kind of comfortable with the Rams taking him. I don't think he will. I think he will get picked before us. But he's he's an interesting guy if he falls. Uh, then I have Darius Rush, cornerback from South Carolina. He's going to be more late day three prospect. Um, I watched almost every South Carolina game last year. I wasn't personally – he had a few games where he jumped off to me off the screen, but I wasn't super impressed with him. My brother-in-law said he uh, – who is a big South Carolina Gamecocks fan, and he watches them way more intently than I do. I watch them more casually. Uh, he really likes Darius Rush, says he has great ball instincts, uh, that he's quick, he's just undersized, and then also um, he tested very well for the combine, or not at the combine, but like his uh, pro day, I think it's called. He tested very well at their pro day, and he thinks he's going to do good at the combine if he goes. Uh, my brother-in-law is very high on him, so keep an eye out on him for the sixth or seventh round. So, sorry guys, uh, throat's getting a little dry. I've been talking for a while. Uh, Stenson Bennett, QB from Georgia. Uh, well, we already talked about the other QB in the national championship game. Let's talk about the one who has a fantastic story. A walk-on Georgia fan growing up, uh, sits behind for two years, gets a starting uh, role as QB last year. It wins two national championships in a row. Just fantastic. The problem with him is the team around him is so good, so stacked, that it's hard to know how good he is. Uh, I know some people 
who don't watch a lot of college don't understand what I mean, but it's hard to take a QB. That's why Alabama didn't get a lot of QBs taken for a while is because they were so stacked for so long and they had such great wide receiver talent. It kind of bailed out their QBs because their team was so friendly. Their wide receivers would be so open that like you can't get a good judge if a guy can make those small tight window throws that you have to make in the NFL. Uh, Stenson Bennett is in a similar situation. I He has a great story. I think he has the arm strength to do it. But does he have the smarts? He seems like he can read coverages decently well. But can he throw those tight window throws? And he's, he's kind of like prone mistake or a mistake prone. Uh, he he kind of reminds me somewhat of Jared Goff. Coming out of uh, Cal, uh, Zach, do you have any reaction so far to these three? So I, I'm definitely going to keep my eyes on them. Um, you know, especially any of these who actually come to the combine. I'm going to try to cover the combine as best I can since I'm since I'm here local. Um, but um, as far as the QB situation goes, the QB situation is going to be unique this year because if the Rams pick up a QB this year, in the in in any of the earlier ones, if they pick a late round, probably not. But if they pick anything, you know, under five or six, that's, I think that might be a tell sign a little bit about maybe Stafford's future. But if they wait and pick a way later pick. But Stafford uh, has even... had injury issues. So it wouldn't make sense that they want to draft a backup in the second, third or fourth round. Right. I guess, I guess that that could be true. Um, I just think that if you're if you if you're picking someone in the the you know the two threes or fours, maybe not the fours, but at least the twos and threes. And again, I'm, I'm not saying it would be his replacement, but I feel like you're you're, you're grooming really someone more, to potentially like a hurt situation almost. Yeah, I just don't know if they're if if that's the case. I think we're still looking like then this could be Stafford's last year. Um, I don't think that the Rams are planning on grooming someone for two years. Um, I, that situation I, has never, hasn't really worked super well, it seems. Um, but I, I don't necessarily agree with that just because look at like Aaron Rodgers. He sat behind Brett Favre because Favre had injury issues, Favre had issues uh, staying healthy. And he sat for two or three years, and it worked out well for the Packers. I'm not saying whoever we get would be Aaron Rodgers, but what I'm saying is, like, you've seen teams do this before. You get a second or third round guy. Hopefully, he can develop into something. And if he doesn't, you have a first round pick that you can throw towards a QB, anyways. I don't think that means that Stafford is only for a year. I think it just means that they don't have faith in any of our current backups and they really need to have someone there if he gets hurt. So we don't have another wasted year. Yeah. I just think that you could get a veteran quarterback and not waste the draft potential. Um, if it's a, if we're looking money. more for it, it does, but it, you're right. It does. I, and I don't know who is out there that we would be comfortable with. If Stafford goes down to win games and go to the playoffs, we got the not XFL really coming up. I I think uh, <laughs> Sean McVay has had his share of uh, spring league quarterbacks coming into the system. 
<laughs> someone like Anthony Richardson would be solid pickup. I don't think he'll fall to the second or third round. Uh, but, you know, we'll kind of see. Continuing with my five, I have Kaylee Ringo of Georgia. He's been kind of falling in the draft, so keep a lookout for him, Zach. I think he could be a really good, valuable third-round pick, someone that was projected in the first a few months ago. So, uh, solid. Uh, I think he has a good frame. Uh, his problems in Georgia was, again, very stacked defense, like fantastic defense. So having a good D-line, and we've seen this on our own team, having a great D-line covers up a lot of problems with the DBs. If you have a weak secondary but a good D-line, that can mask that a lot. So can he really hold up as long as he needs to in the NFL? And then Jordan Battle, on a worse defense than Ringo, uh, safety from Alabama. I really like Jordan Battle. I feel like he has great zone instincts, a little weak in man whenever I watched him at Alabama. But he very speedy. I don't think he's going to be the fastest safety out there. Uh, but he is very promising, and I think this team is going to have to go after some safeties. And Jordan Battle could be in the third, fourth round pick. He's someone who could slide to the fifth, possibly. And he would be such a great pick at fifth. And, you know, that's a, that's a spot that we're kind of definitely circling on trying to figure out figure out how we're going to fill that spot if, if, uh, if Rap does uh, go away. When? When, when, yes. you know, I'm one of those people who try to be nice and be like, well, you know, if he, if he goes, but you know, I'm on your page too. I mean, he, he makes millions of dollars. He's made more money than I'll make in like 30 years, 40 years. I'm sure. You shouldn't feel bad for these like, people. Yes, I do. I mean, again, I, I, I'm not trying to be mean for being mean sake. And I think the players get a lot more hate than they should. Uh, but that doesn't mean you can't be real and you can't be like, you know, you haven't played up to your potential. I don't think he's a good fit here. He could do better in a different scheme. Uh, definitely. I think he could be a lot better in like a Miami scheme where he's blitzing more often uh, than uh, here. So uh, I just don't think he's a good fit with us and he hasn't been worth the money. But, you know, again, um, makes a lot of money, so I'm not feeling – I'm not crying for him, Zach. Yeah, no, none of us are crying for any of these players who make so much money that we have no idea what to do with uh, if we had that. So with that, uh, I think we will wrap up this week's episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. You can always send questions and feedback to feedback at eastcoastrams.com or hit us up on Twitter. Our official East Coast Rams Twitter account is at East Coast Rams. Ashton, anything else you want to promote or uh, tell people how to find you? Nope, just RamFanAshton1 on Twitter. Uh, keep on interacting with you with us, guys. Uh, like and subscribe to, on YouTube. And uh, like and post comments on Apple Podcasts if you get a chance. Uh, we really love the growth, and we're going to keep on trying to put out content. I hope this new setup, once we get a little bit more finalized and uh, we get used to it, I hope you guys like that we're trying to improve the quality and we're we're constantly trying to um, 
make the podcast more entertaining because we love doing it for you guys. The people who listen every day or not every day, but like every uh, week, we appreciate you guys the most. You guys make this worth doing. And, you know, it's a lot of fun doing it with you, Zach. So uh, keep on liking and subscribing. Yeah, this is a, it's turned out to be a great partnership that we got going on here. So definitely looking forward to continuing this. Uh, this does officially end season two of the East Coast Ram podcast. Uh, since we're since we're done with the 2022 season, we're going to wrap up that season. But that doesn't mean we're done. Season three will be coming out within the next couple of weeks as we start previewing the NFL draft, the free agent moves, finalizing the coaching spots, start talking about, um, you know, the offseason and, you know, all that comes with it. Um, so, you know, make sure you like, and subscribe, like you said, to our YouTube channels, make sure you, you know, check the box, hit that bell, whatever it is to make sure you always get notified, uh, for all the latest things that are coming through. Um, no more football Sundays for a while. Uh, but we are all still rambling and we all can always still keep going horns up.